welcome in the Can You Fantasy Football Podcast, your hosts, Cody and Nick. Still missing Al to uh, tonight. Is he still lost in the woods, Cody? Did he find his way home? What's what's going on with that nope. guy? No update. Uh, I don't dare text Morg because I don't want to know. And I think, I think he's home. I think he found his way home. I mean, but, you were like the murder mystery information guy. Don't, don't you have all this information? I, I do. It's going to cost you 400 bucks. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there, there he is. I knew, I know all, all Hershey bar there. Couldn't, couldn't resist <laughs> making a deal. <laughs> uh, this episode being recorded for our Thursday, November 18th episode. Um, we have a, we have a episode in front of us here today, Nick, we have some of our trade deadlines coming up here. I had mentioned this at our, in our last episode that we'd be talking about that this episode. I'm excited to talk about some strategies and we want you, the listeners, please send us messages on Instagram and Facebook and just text us. Many of you that are listening are good friends of the show, but also good friends of us. So text Al, Cody, or Nick, uh, or, or message us on Instagram or Facebook. And let's get some of those, those questions answered for you. It, it is important. This is where you win your fantasy football leagues, this pivotal last moment trade, uh, the, the trades that happen here and there. And, and it's always good to get another set of eyes on any trade you're going to make. Oh yeah. Uh, even you want to see a person tilt trade with them. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and obviously being in a dynasty league for the first time this year, I've gotten a lot more trades and man, I'll sit there and go back and forth. I'll send them to Cody and Al, even when they're in the league with me. Um, it's crazy. So yeah, send us anything you guys get. And we'll, we'll at least give you our opinion whether, whether that's right or wrong on those trades. So send us what you got. Yeah. Speaking of which uh, trades. So something that we don't really talk about much, Nick, and I love trading, uh, but we had actually analyzed a trade that Sodi had made earlier this year. And it was Debo Samuel and Michael Thomas. This is way early on. It's like week four Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas for Kelvin Ridley. So he did a two for one. Obviously Michael Thomas isn't coming back this year. Calvin Ridley, we don't know if he's coming back. And Debo Samuel's been an absolute stud. And at the time, we looked at it and we said, wow, what a steal. Like, I mean, he got, he got to move Debo Samuel, and uh, who's been, you know, starting off on fire. But who knows what happens when people come back and they're healthy and Ayuk gets involved. Well, guess what? Debo continues to be a stud. It's tough to, it's tough to know after four weeks. But we want to help you analyze those trades. You know, we don't want, we don't want you to trade in a way um, players that you don't need to trade away. We want you to, we want to help you to win your fantasy football leagues. I'll admit I was wrong on that one. I obviously didn't see the Kelvin Ridley issues that he has going on now popping up. I don't think Kelvin Ridley plays for the rest of the, the season, to be honest no. with you. No, but nobody saw that coming though. So no, I mean, what, what, there's nothing you can do about that In, injury or personal matters aside. There's not much you can do about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, it didn't didn't end up working out, but at the time I thought that was a great trade for Sodi because I thought Kelvin Ridley was the best player in that trade. Yep. So, yeah, we yeah. also we also have outside of the trade talks and strategies, we're going to talk about our top twelve for the entire season at each position, um, not just our top twelve, but top twelve finishes on the season so far through ten weeks of football. 
And we're going to look at who we think of those lists are going to fall outside of the top 12 and then somebody who is going to fall within the top 12. Nick's actually going to, the special, the very special uh, segment, Nick's going to allow Cody, me, to uh, redeem myself a little bit. Jacoby Myers is a one-week late call on his touchdown. So he's going to help me to uh, select eight or uh, 12 players. I to get eight of the 12 correct in a position of his choice for calling my shot on top finishes for this. You know what, I'll, I'll let you pick the position, but it can't be tight ends. Okay. Although, can't be tight why, ends. Uh, why would you want to do tight ends? Let's, let's do running backs or wide receivers and I'll make that call when we get there. All right. All right. And don't pick anyone that's on by. I know I got to do my math. I got to do my, my homework. And, and, and for the viewers, I told Cody, Hey, you were close on Jacoby Myers. I'll get you some spotted call for that. When I go to Wisconsin this weekend, well, if he gets eight out of 12, right. I'll say it right now. I'll get him some more spotted cow here and I'll probably make Al pay for it. So, yes, thank you. That, and thank that, you. that'll be his, that'll be his, his penance for, for missing uh, this week's episode. Nick, we're in week 11 now. And it, I, I can't use both my hands to count how many weeks we're in. And this is tough. I got to take my sock off. I was going to say Cody, Cody can't count past 10 without taking his shoes off, but, uh, he beat me to it. <laughs> We're here. We're in week himself. 11. I don't know why he said it about himself. This is crazy. We are in week 11 already. Uh, we have about four weeks left of the fantasy football regular season. We want to help you win these last four games, get you into those playoffs. And one of the ways you can do that is through trade. But another way is just to see what's going on with some of the players and help you with some start sets as well and, and some waiver wire pickups. Um, that's it for the rundown of today's episode, Nick. Let's get into the top 12 on the season. I got it right here. You want to go over the quarterbacks first? Let's do it. All right. Well, number one, you want me to just read off our top 12, you know, read off a few here. What, how do we yep, let's read, read them all off? All right. So starting at number one quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, Kansas city. Number two, Josh Allen. Number three, Jalen hurts. We've said it before. I'll say it again. He's a better fantasy quarterback than NFL quarterback. Uh, Tom Brady at number four, Lamar Jackson at number five, Matt Stafford at number six, Justin Herbert at number seven, Kyler Murray at number eight, uh, Dak Prescott at number nine, Kirk Cousins at number 10, Ryan Tannehill at number 11, and Joe Burrow runs up or rounds out the top 12, excuse me, at number 12. Yeah, this is a good list, Nick. And something that we need to address early on here, there are teams in the NFL who have not played through their bye weeks yet. We have some teams that are going to be off on bye here from weeks 11 through 14. Right. And we haven't gotten there yet. So these are players, obviously, that are finishing inside the top 12. Many of them, it's because they didn't have their... Uh, their bye weeks yet, especially you, you look at some of the names in there towards the end of that list, and that comes to mind. So, what uh, you look at the, the hot start to the season, you look at someone like Sam Darnold who went off at the beginning of the season, he was trending as a top five quarterback finish. Uh, that that busted up, right? That completely fell apart, the wheels fell off, he looks awful. Perhaps it was because his shoulder torn labor and whatever it was, perhaps he did that earlier in the season. They didn't catch it, whatever it may be. Um, but 
regardless, the reason why we're talking about this list is because of people like Sam Darnold who start off hot. It's kind of fool's gold. We all jump on it. I was, I was, I fell victim to it where I sent a, a very enticing offer in dynasty for him. And I was really excited to potentially get him and got turned down. And recently the manager of that team circled back around. He's like, what do you think about doing another trade? I'm like, not even going to happen. So <laughs> not, not now. The guy that, might not get his starting job back. <laughs> that window shut very quickly. Uh, Cam Newton, by the way, back for the Carolina Panthers this past week, scored a touchdown on the ground and through the air and did not play the pole game. So I'm excited to see what happens in this offense. Hopefully get the ball to DJ Moore, please. And could be a good streamer this week. Honestly, Cody, looking at this this top 12 list, none of these names really surprise me. No. I mean, maybe the order a little bit, but... Yeah, I thought Kyler Murray would be higher than number eight. Obviously, he's missed a couple games with injury now, though, so that doesn't help. Uh, I didn't think Jalen Hurts would be up at number three. Granted, he started off the season really hot and has kind of cooled down a little bit since then. But there, other than that, you know, there's there's not a whole lot of surprises on this list to me. No, and Joe Burrow, you know, he had a pretty mediocre start to this season where he went 18 points, 13, 18. Then he had that streak where he was up above 20, 22, 20, 20, 24, trend. 28, trend. 21, trend, 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 trend. Uh, so he had that stretch, one, two, three, four, five games over 20 points. And then he laid an, an absolute dud against the Cleveland Browns. And yeah, he did. Nine points. Um, not, not trend, not trend. Not trend. I, I do think that he is a good option moving forward, but he does have some tougher matchups. You know, he does play against Pittsburgh here. The Chargers have a pretty good um, receiving defense as far as shutting down opposing fantasy quarterbacks and wide receivers. And so does Denver and they're in their second half of the year matchups. Do you see Joe Burrow finishing inside the top 12 or do you think he'll slip outside of the top 12? Honestly, I, I'm just looking at the names right now, and there's not a whole lot of a whole lot of quarterbacks I think are going to vault above him. So I think Joe Burrow finishes in the top 12. I think one name that really could make that jump is is Aaron Rodgers. He's at 14 right now. I think he could easily jump into the top 12, top 10. But I also think a guy like Ryan Tannehill could easily fall out of the top 12. Derrick Henry's hurt. That offense is not what it was to start the season. Ryan Tannehill's game isn't to be a big passing quarterback every week. So Tannehill's a guy I think could drop down a little bit. I'm curious to know where Carson Wentz is at on this list. Carson Wentz is at number 13. Okay. He is at number 13. Yeah. And and he has definitely been, been playing better lately. And if he just keeps throwing the ball to Michael Pittman and, and Jonathan Taylor, to be honest with you, I mean, geez, Jonathan Taylor's looked great through the air. He ran a route the last week, like an actual route. And I was like, whoa, running back, ran a route. Uh, Yeah. Like some of these guys are getting more involved. Uh, Nick Chubb, I think, ran an actual route here when he was healthy before this COVID week. But yeah, it's uh, you pass, you get the quarterback passing the running back and get some yardage there, get some touchdowns there. You could really see your, your fantasy value jump up as a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it, it, honestly, if I, if I had to pick one quarterback that was going to fall out of the top 12, it'd be Ryan Tannehill. 
And if I had to pick one that was going to jump in, it'd be Aaron Rodgers for me. Um, now I'll make a bold statement here. If we want to just go average points for the rest of the year, I think Cam Newton could be a top 12 quarterback. If he comes in and they let him run, if he's healthy and they let him run, I think Cam Newton with, with a healthy McCaffrey and DJ Moore, I think he could be a top 12 quarterback rest of the year. Yeah. That's interesting. Um, Oh, this is really tough for me. I, I don't know. I think I took that, the easy ones, Cody. It's no, okay. I think I think you did. Uh, Cody's think, picking Davis Mills to be in the top twelve. <laughs> I don't know, man. This is really tough. I I do think that obviously we're we're talking second half of the year finishes. We're not talking about the the culmination of first plus second half. We're talking about okay, right? Who inside the top twelve is not going to be in the top twelve in the second half. Who in the second half? Uh, that wasn't in the top 12 in the first half is going to be there. Right. I agree with you. Ryan Tannehill is suspect at best to finish in the inside of the top 12. I, I will also say that uh, Kirk Cousins does scare me for fantasy football, just with some of the weeks that he's had the disappearing acts that he's had. And you have, you, you still have guys like Russell Wilson who are coming back from injury. Yeah. He had a terrible week this last week against green Bay, but green Bay owns Seattle. Um, it is a nightmare for Seattle every time they play against Green Bay. I, I feel like it's something weird is going to happen every time they play. But I, I don't know. I think that uh, Russell Wilson ends up inside the top 12 for the second half of the year. And not to say that these guys are going to finish top 12. They might be right there, though. Justin Fields, if he continues to turn it on, he looks good. If they, especially if they let him run and, and even design some some running plays for him to let him use his legs a lot of rollout, stuff like that. He could easily put up those points. I, I think he's going to be flirting with top 12 numbers second half of the year. I don't know if he's, he's quite there, but I think he might finish that 13, 14 spot on the year. And it, if they finally make the switch from the busted Jimmy G and, and switch over, I do think that uh, Trey Lance will make an interesting run at uh, finishing inside the top 12 for the second half of the year. If there's, if there's going to be a change there, I, I don't foresee that for, you know, per se, but could happen. Yeah, I would love for them to do it just because I want to see how Trey Lance does. Yeah. I don't, I don't think they're going to do it, but man, I fingers crossed that they do do that. Cause I think he's going to be a really exciting player. I think so too. So. What about running backs? Uh, running backs? Let's go jump over to running backs real quick. Running backs. All right. Half PPR running backs. Jonathan Taylor, number one. He's had a great year. Derek Henry at number two. Austin Eckler at number three. Najee Harris, number four. Joe Mixon at number five. Ezekiel Elliott, number six. Aaron Jones at number seven. Elvin Kamara at number eight. Here's one that jumps out at you, Cody. James Connor at number nine. Cordell Patterson. Mr. Touchdown Dependent, uh, James Conner. Yeah, absolutely. We can can talk about that in a minute, but Cordell Patterson at number 10. So those names definitely stick out like a sore thumb. DeAndre Swift at number 11. And Daryl Henderson Jr., number 12. Like Cody said, obviously there's there's, um, some teams that haven't had their bye week yet that might be affecting these rankings, but it'll give you at least a decent idea of where these, these running backs are finishing. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're, we can just swap. Obviously, we're talking first half of the year, second half of the year. Uh, we can swap Henry out for Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. And just, and it's not even halves. I mean, we're past that point. We're, we're through week 10, but um, just rest of the season. Rest of the season. I do think that Christian McCaffrey will obviously finish inside the top five. And I think that Henry's is obviously just swap them out. I think we're good there. But James Conner is on a ridiculous run right now for touchdowns. He had in week three, he had two touchdowns, two touchdowns a week four, one, nothing, one, two, two, one. The, the guy is continuing to score touchdowns. And if he doesn't score touchdowns right now, he has 11 touchdowns, Nick. Uh, if he continues on this pace, I'm pretty sure, you know, on this pace, he'd be in the 25, 26 touchdown range. There's no way. He's, yeah. he's almost averaging two touchdowns a game. There's just no way he can sustain this. I don't care how good this offense is. And I'm not interested in James Conner the rest of the season. I think that he falls outside the top, top 12 for the second half. There's going to be negative touchdown regression there. Chase Edmonds is on IR now, so James Conner is the man. But every time we've seen James Conner as the man, he gets hurt. So let's see if he can even stand up to the, to the, you know, the workload that he's going to get. I agree with you. He's not going to keep this touchdown run up and he's, he's going to drop down to low end running back to territory, in my opinion, for the rest of the season. We already saw it last week. Uh, he did, he did score a touchdown, but other than that, he didn't do anything. Had he oh. not got that, he would, you know, he would have had an, a terrible fantasy day. So yeah, a guy like James Conner, I think, is going to fall down for sure. Aaron Jones, obviously, with that injury. Not only with the injury, just with the – I mean, he's not getting a lot of work. He's not – I just don't see him popping off for another 25-plus fantasy points for the rest of the year. No. Honestly, what I think is going to happen is I think he's going to miss two games with this with this uh, MCL sprain. But I think that A.J. Jones is going to come in. I think A.J. Jones is going to do really well. And I think when Aaron Jones comes back, it's going to be like a 1A, 1B timeshare type of thing, which sucks for both in fantasy. Yeah. It'll be good. It'd be good for Green Bay. You know, you keep your running backs fresh, all that. So I don't think either James Con or, excuse me, Aaron Jones or AJ Dillon are going to finish rest of the season as, as top 12 backs, unless one of them is not playing right. than the other one would. I agree with that. Yeah. Did, did you did you say Nick Chubb or uh James Robinson or David Montgomery? I did, I, Barkley? did I did not. Nick Chubb is at number 14. James Robinson is at number 15. Obviously, Barkley's missed so much time he's not on there. Uh, and who was the last one? I'm sorry. Mon Montgomery's also missed a lot of time. And Montgomery's missed a lot of time, so he's not on there, but uh I got to think about this. I think Nick Chubb easily is a top 12 back when healthy, especially if Hunt is hurt. Right. James Robinson, I think, is kind of right on the edge for me of a, of a top 12 back. I always kind of thought he was more of a high-end RB2. I don't know. What do, you, what do you think about that? Who is this? James Robinson. Yeah, you know, I, I actually do think that he's a back-end RB1. I think he'll finish inside that uh 10 to 16 i think 16 is his floor and 10 is his ceiling i think that's right where he belongs yeah i always thought you know real high-end rb2 but i he he and on any week can put up rb1 numbers saquon barkley when healthy 
I used to say for surefire RB one, but that giants offense is kind of dysfunctional. They have a really bad offensive line. So I honestly don't know that Saquon Barkley for me is a, is a top 12 running back for the rest of the season. It's really tough for me. We haven't seen a fully healthy Saquon Barkley in a long time, but if he is fully healthy, look out. I don't care how bad of a team you're on. He's going to destroy you. So it's tough. That's really tough. We, well, we've seen what James Robinson can do on a really bad team, a really bad offense. Yeah. Saquon Barkley is obviously Saquon Barkley. I shouldn't say obviously, but Saquon Barkley is more talented than James Robinson. He's an athletic freak. So yeah, it's hard to say not uh, an RB one for Saquon Barkley. And then I know you said David Montgomery. I love David Montgomery. I really do. But seeing the names in front of him, I I I kind of put him in that like. I don't know, 20 to 15 kind of range. Yeah. More so than like a top 12. I really do like David Montgomery. Here's my thing with David Montgomery. Have, have we done rest of, uh, rest of season schedules yet? Strength of schedule? No. So one of the tools that we, that we have access to as a, uh, Foot Clan members of the fantasy footballers, we get access to their strength of schedule report. And that strength of schedule report is updated. It shows the uh, amount of fantasy points that each team is, is letting up to the opposing position. So we, I chose running back. I'm looking at running backs. And you look at the stre- strength of schedule for the rest of the season for the Chicago Bears and for the Denver Broncos. I had talked about earlier this year. Um, just a couple of weeks ago, actually, we, we did an episode where we said uh, second half of the season breakouts that are going to win you your, your leagues. I said, Javante Williams and Al again, scoffed at me and said, but Melvin Gordon. And I'm like, okay, both of them, because their strength of schedule for the rest of the year is ridiculously easy. It's the number one uh, strength of schedule for the remainder of the year. Let's just look at the strength of schedules and then I'll get to the point of why Montgomery belongs here. Uh, Denver Broncos, they play against the Chargers in week 12. Let's do week 12 on. Uh, week 11 is obviously coming up, but we'll do week 12 on. Uh, they have a bye in week 11. In week 12, they play against the Chargers, who are leading up the fourth most points to opposing running backs. They get Kansas City leading up uh, the 18th most fantasy points to the opposing running backs. They get Detroit, uh, who is the third worst. Cincinnati, sixth worst. Vegas ninth worst and in week 17 they get the Chargers again at the fourth worst so that is why the Denver Broncos I think their running backs are going to be excellent for the rest of the year and here's why I think David Montgomery smashes the rest of the year because he did this last year you guys he came out and people made this big deal about David Montgomery has a juicy end of the year matchup uh run where he's just going to go on a tear and everybody's like yeah whatever it's David Montgomery He goes out there and destroys, and he won me my fantasy championship last year. These are the types of players you need to go out and trade for. There's a hot tip for our trade strategies portion of today's show. Trade for guys like David Montgomery, because David Montgomery gets Baltimore this week, who is 12th worst. He gets Detroit next week. He gets Arizona, who's 24th, Green Bay, who's 22nd in weeks 13-14. Now you're in the playoffs, weeks 15, 16, 17. He gets Minnesota, 
who is 11th worst. Seattle, who's the second worst, allowing 27, over 27 points to opposing running backs. And he gets the Giants in week 17, who's the seventh worst, allowing 24 points to opposing running backs. That's crazy, Nick. That is a pretty pretty crazy schedule. It's a good point. Um, obviously, I think it, it won't take a ton for David Montgomery to get to get into that top twelve. Uh, I think if if Justin Fields continues to play well, and and that offense continues to look better, then David Montgomery could easily be a, a running back one. But if Justin Fields comes back after that bye. And looks like he did in his first couple starts under, you know, with Matt Nagy calling the plays. I think it's going to be awful tough for David Montgomery to, to achieve those numbers. So I think his success kind of goes hand in hand with Justin Fields for the rest of the season. Obviously, though, we both like Justin Fields and think that he could be a top 12 quarterback for the rest of the year. So if that's the case, then, yeah, I think David Montgomery is a, is a great pick for that. Because not only is he a, a good running back, he's good on the ground, but he's 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 a good receiving running back too. Yeah, I think so too. And you know the the running back situation uh, here towards the end of the year, we'll get to it in the, the trade strategies. Um, this is where you're going to make your payday and and win your fantasy leagues is at the running back position and paying up for one right now before the end of the trade deadline. I think is critical to your success. So we'll get there. Ready for wide receivers, Nick? I am. Let's run through them here. Uh, Cooper Cup, number one. Yeah, man, he and Matt Stafford have have had one heck of a connection this year. Tyree Kill at number two. Debo Samuel, number three. Jamar Chase at number four. Devontae Adams at number five. CeeDee Lamb and Mike Evans are tied at number six. Number seven, Marquise Hollywood Brown at number eight. Michael Pittman is at number nine, DK Metcalf at number 10, Chris Godwin at number 11, and Justin Jefferson rounds out the top 12 at number 12. Wow. There are a lot of names that could fall inside of this top 12 towards the second, uh, I guess, let's just call it the next six weeks, um, seven weeks. We'll call it seven weeks. a lot of names that could that could jump in there. I could see Deontay Johnson getting really involved. You didn't say Deontay Johnson, did you? I did not, but I uh, agree with that. Uh, Terry Sorry. McLaurin's another one that wouldn't surprise me if he makes the jump. You know, I, I, I don't know. Go I, ahead. I, I think Diggs is gonna gonna jump in there. I think yeah. last week. Yeah. I think there's good. I'm not saying he's gonna have a week like he did last week every week, but I think that. Uh, that offense is going to get their wheels going here and build some momentum. And I think Diggs at least jumps, jumps into the top 12. Uh, that's not reaching much just for the record. He's at number 13. So I'm really going out on a limb here. <laughs> uh, I like your Terry McCor- McLaurin call a lot. Uh, just looking at the list here. Who do you think falls out of that list? Uh, who falls out of this list? I think Hollywood Brown falls out. I love really? Hollywood Brown. I do. Um, the emergence you want, you want of Bateman? Why? Is that why? I, uh, yeah. So I love Hollywood Brown. And he's going to he's gonna get catch those big, exciting, long touchdowns. 
But I think the emergence of ba- Bateman is going to take a lot of the volume that Hollywood Brown was getting. Where but Hollywood Brown I will was- say that Hollywood Brown doesn't need volume to be productive. The guy no. can catch four passes, and two of those passes could be for two 67-yard touchdowns. Oh, 100%. But if he doesn't do that, you're looking at two catches for 14 yards, which he also has done. You know what I mean? So where he was getting 14 targets before, 14 tries at that long, you know, play, I think he's going to start looking more like seven, eight targets a game. And Bateman's going to start taking seven. I mean, Bateman's been targeted a lot in his first couple of games here. So I think but I'm not I was- saying he... I will say this, Nick, to, to counter your argument, because I'm sure people are, those who are sitting down, not driving, listening to this right now, they're probably pulling up the stats. Uh, Hollywood Brown, which Bateman, you have to remind me, I think he started playing before they're buying week seven. Mm, I'm check, check, check that as I'm pulling this up. In week seven, before the buy, Hollywood Brown had his highest usage on the year he had 14 targets he only caught five balls we had 14 targets in week seven and i believe that's when bateman made his appearance his first appearance um in week nine after their bye he had 12 targets nine catches on 12 targets and this past week in week 10 he had six catches on 13 targets so he's averaging 13 targets in the games that bateman is out there that's actually his highest on the season all right fair enough so I'm just making just a counter a counter argument. I get I get the points that you're making. I actually do have the same concerns that ba- Bateman's going to be more involved in this offense, which means that Hollywood Brown will receive less work. But to that point, I do think that in weeks that he only received, you know, six targets, seven targets, five targets, he still scored touchdowns in some of these weeks and put up double digit fantasy finishes, and that's the kind of player he is. I also think that uh, the two Tampa Bay receivers, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, both have a chance to fall out. I love both of them. Well, actually, I don't really love Mike Evans. I love Chris Godwin. Yes, thank Mike, you. Thank Mike, you. Mike, Mike, Mike Evans infuriates me, and I hate even having to draft him on my team. But he does put up points because he scores touchdowns. The problem in that offense is Antonio Brown is going to be back either this week or next week, right? And we all know what happens when Antonio Brown's there randomly like Chris Godwin has one catch or Mike Evans has two catches. So I think that I'm not saying they're going to drop out, but they definitely have a very good chance at doing it. Where like a guy like Michael Pittman, I think he's going to stay in the top 12 because, because of have, volume, because of volume and they have no other options there. And Wentz and Pittman have clearly developed a good rapport. Pittman looks great. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and, and like a guy like DK Metcalf, yeah, he had a terrible week this last week, but Ru- Russ was shaking off the rust. Like you said, once he's back, I think Metcalf stays in the top 12, uh, love CD lamb. I think he's clearly the number one receiver there over Cooper. So I think he stays there. Adams. I don't think's dropping out at all. Mm-mm. Honestly, I Jamar hate to Chase, say this, though. but Jamar chase is another I, one that I could see him having a, a poorer second half of the year in the next seven games. I'm just saying this because it's reality. We see, I agree with you. I was going to say that too. Yeah. I I have not seen a player like Jamar chase come out who, I mean, really let's, let's face it, Nick, he's getting some volume, but it's pretty touchdown dependent to this point. He's averaging a touchdown a game. Uh, I mean, I think just one, one game where uh, I guess two games, if you're going to go touchdown a game where he wouldn't have scored a touchdown, uh, so he, he has scored a touchdown in all but three games that he has started. 
And uh, in those three games, and then in one of the games that he scored a touchdown, he had two. So he had one multi-touchdown game and uh, one touchdown in one, two, three, four, five other games. I think that because he's touchdown dependent, I think we don't see as many touchdowns in the second half of the season. I think T Higgins is very, uh, a very talented player. Who's going to, he's big and he's a red zone target. I think he starts taking touchdowns away from chase. And I think chase might finish. I'm not going to, I don't want to panic anybody. Good thing. Al's not here. The poor guy would have a heart attack. Um, But I think that chase has a, a very good chance to finish outside this top 12, but not by much. I think he'd be that, replacement like him and Diggs, I could see easily swapping and and saying chase finishes as the 13 and Diggs finishes inside the top five or six yeah for the record we're not saying we don't like jamar chase the the, the thing is is a guy like cooper cup tyree kill Devonte adams you know they are going to get that volume and you know they're going to get that production as long as they're healthy right a guy like jamar chase though they've got two other really good receivers on that team in T Higgins and Tyler Boyd, especially T Higgins. T Higgins is a very good receiver. Tyler Boyd is a solid, you know, target PPR receiver. That's going to take volume. So Jamar chase might be the most talented receiver in the NFL, honestly, one of them, but that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be the top fantasy receiver. So just like those Tampa Bay guys, the opportunities might just not be there. And he might fall outside the top 12. I think you're still starting him every week, but he definitely has a chance to possibly fall out of all these receivers. Yeah. I, th- I still like, you're going to plug him in and you're going to play him with confidence. Absolutely. In, in an expectation that he's going to finish as a top 12 receiver every week. But I'm just saying that the touchdown regression is likely to come. It, statistics will tell us that it, it will come. And when it comes, he's only catching the ball five, two, four, six, six, four, eight, three, six times every game. And it's, I think that when those uh, touchdowns go away, you're not going to see as monster of performances. Some, somewhere else, just he, he, he woke up. He's in cringing. A cold, yeah, he woke up in a cold sweat and he doesn't know why. <laughs> his, he's, ears, he's just, his ears are ringing. He's just irrationally angry right now, but he's, he's not, he's not sure what caused it. We, we should, we should text him on Thursday and just be like, are you, are you like, are you mad right now? We should ask him, are you okay? Are your ears burning out? <laughs> oh uh, man. Um, let's, let's uh, hop into tight ends. All right. Yeah, this, the, this position, good Lord. After you get past the what top five, maybe six. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, oh, we'll run through them here. Travis Kelsey at number one. Doesn't surprise many people. Uh, Mark Andrews at number two. Hunter Henry at number three. That's a bit of a surprise. That's a surprise to me. Mike Gasicki, all or nothing at number four. Kyle Goose. Pitts. Goose Kyle Ecky. Pitts at number five, which uh, I think I think that's just going to continue. Oh, yeah. up. Darren Waller at number six, which kind of surprises me given his recent production. Wow. TJ Hawkinson at seven, another goose egg, by the way, yeah. uh, this past week, Dalton Schultz at number eight, Noah Fant at number nine. I'm going to let Cody say uh, number 10. Cause it's CJ. What? Who's your mama? CJ Uzama at number 10. Dawson Knox at number 11 and Tyler Higby at number 12. Huh? So Patty uh, fries is not in there. huh? No, but. 
to start off the season, they didn't really use him. I think he ends the season as, as a, uh, uh, sorry, I think rest of the season, he's, he's easily inside the top 12 point wise. So I got, I have a nickname for our listeners. Uh, Big Ben, everybody knows and loves Big Ben. He's just a big dude. Loves I, I don't food. love him. I actually hate Ben Roethlisberger. Okay. Sure. Maybe, <laughs> maybe people don't love him, but they, they love how large and in charge he is on the field. And he probably loves cheeseburgers. Let's just face it. He's the kind of guy that goes to the store and he's like, I want, I want six Big Macs. And he wants an order of fries with his burgers. And so that is why I have nicknamed Pat Fryermuth, Patty Fries. Now, this last week, Big Ben's not on the field. So guess what happened? You didn't get an order of fries with your burger. You spent 72 hours of your deer stand coming up with that, didn't you? 75 hours. Well, 72 of them were coming up with that. You're dang right it was. Uh, You know, I'd like to point this out. Cody's the only one of the three of us with children. So he's the only one that can make these just straight Creativity. up dad, dad <laughs> jokes right here. Um, no, I love it. And so I you're going to get an order of large fries some week. You're going to get an order of medium fries some week. And when big Ben's feeling extra healthy, he might go for the small fry. You might get a, a three catch, three catches for 20, 30 yards from Patty fries. But most of the time when big Ben's on the field, he's looking for that, Big Mac and that, or, or five, and looking for that large fry. Gary, the three catches for 20 yards, that's like the cold fries that have been sitting at McDonald's for 30 minutes under the heat lamp. <laughs> the soggy ones. No salt. Yeah, no salt. Oh, my God. Don't eat die. Yuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think Pat Fryermuth, though, easy top 12 uh, rest of the season. George Kittle, easy top 12. Oh, yeah. Who else pops out at me here? Honestly, Dallas Goddard is outside the top 12 right now, and hmm. I think he's going to stay there. Zach Ertz. That offense. Zach Ertz is at number 13. Hmm. What do you think about Zach Ertz? I mean, I've already kind of given you my Zach. Well, uh, I said Zach Ertz wasn't going to be a top five tight end. I think he can easily be top 12, but I'm not. <sighs> Where's my I boy mean, Dan th- Arnold here? Dan Arnold is at 20. So okay. yeah, well, he had, I mean, rough start to the year. He didn't even play yeah. for the, the Jaguars for the yeah, they like weren't four game for Carolina. Uh, yeah, he played for Carolina. And then, so he didn't even play for where he's having success in Jacksonville. He wasn't even yeah. there at the start of the year. Yeah, um, they were using him. I think that just real quick, I think Dalton Schultz finds his way outside of that top 12 very quickly because they do yep. have Michael Gallup back. He's going to eat all of those targets away and you're not going to have any, any uh, volume there for him. Uh, let's see who else you said Noah Fant was in that list uh fans at number nine yeah I don't see that sticking I think between injury and just not having much production I think that Fant doesn't fall inside the top 12 I think he finds his way out and I think Kittle uh I think Hawkinson moves way up I, I'm surprised to hear his name so late he was at like number six seven seven I, I like to I would like to say that Hawkinson's actually going to finish inside the top five. Pitts probably falls down to six or seven. I think that Kittle finds his way up in the, inside the top three again. I think Waller turns it around inside the top four. And Andrews is probably the most consistent out of the bunch besides Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think Henry drops down from number three. He's been real yeah. touchdown dependent and what he's, in the he's world. Kind of- 
well, he's been the James Conner of touchdowns these last couple of weeks. I actually have Kittle in one of my leagues. Actually, listen to this, Cody, just a little sidebar. I have in that league four of my first five picks or four of my first six picks, Christian McCaffrey, Kelvin Ridley, George Kittle, Kenny Galladay. Yikes. Yeah, that's a lot of injury. Uh-huh. Anyway, I've been using Hunter Henry, and he he's basically just been the, the James Conner of tight ends. I also he- think. He is though. I mean, he, he's in since week four, he scored a touchdown in week four, his first one of the year. Then he was week five. He scored a touchdown week six, week seven. He had a four week touchdown streak. Then he didn't go with the touchdown in week eight against the chargers, which doesn't make sense. Like that was a smash for him. Chargers are like the worst against opposing tight ends. Oh, wow. um, and then in week nine and week 10, he goes for one touchdown. And then in week 10, again, two touchdowns against Cleveland this last week. So you're right That's there. Great. You're right with the touchdowns. Good grief. I, I, I think that uh, CJ Uzama drops out of the top 10. I think Tyler yeah, Higby who's your, drops out. Of- who's your mama? Higby. Yeah. Higby oh my gosh. 12. Did you watch Higby last night? No. No, I he, actually didn't watch it. He dropped some of the worst. Cut him. Like the best passes, but some of the worst. Uh, I mean, I, I don't understand how a uh, high school a JV high school football player could drop that pass. He's all alone. There isn't a guy within 10 yards of him. It hits him square in the belly and it goes through his hands to hit his belly. Even after it comes off his stomach, he has a chance to catch the ball and he like crosses his hands. Like, and, and I just don't understand how you could be that bad in your professional tight end. And then later in the game, of course he scored a touchdown to redeem himself, but it's ridiculous. I, I don't understand why they keep, giving him the ball oh, and he's extremely athletic too but you gotta be you gotta catch the ball yeah nice hands feet yeah no kidding I, and honestly as much as i like him i think dawson knox might drop out too there's just so many options in that offense and he and he's very touchdown dependent i will say but this I, though they've been struggling offensively buffalo has as of late as far as just overall without dawson knox since his hand surgery yeah, but I, I think they're going to try to get him more involved here moving forward. I'd be, I would, I would be surprised if he doesn't finish inside the top 12, just because I, I think they need him. I honestly think that Josh Allen likes to take a deep shot one or two a game. And if one or two of those connects, that's a hundred yards and a touchdown on the day for him. All I'm saying is that they kind of, you know, got on track back on track last week and Dawson Knox had one catch. Yeah, but he didn't need to. Uh, I'm just saying, I'm, I'm just, just, Hey, it was against I the agree. Jets. I agree with you. If you give me Dak Prescott in our dynasty league, I'll trade you Dustin. Ox. Yeah. I, yeah. Right. <laughs> uh, Josh Allen though, only threw the ball 28 times, Nick against, against the Jets. And thank so, God he was looking for digs. Let's go. I know, but I'm just saying I'll like that, that is the reason why he didn't, Throw the ball. All right, all right, all right. We'll leave Dawson Knox in there. We're taking Uzama. Leave my boy. And Higby. Yes, take those three. All right. right. Fair enough. I can deal with that. Um, any surprises? Any just final comments on any of our players here for uh, any of the positions? Nah, I think we, I think we did a good job going over those. Unless, of course, you want to go over the kickers. Your Uh, favorite? Yeah, no thanks. (laughs) Hard, hard pass. All right, uh, fair enough. All right, so we're. No. Uh, um, 
No, let's let's do this. Uh, you wanted you wanted to give me an opportunity to try to call my shot and try to call oh. the top twelve oh, running back finishers of the week. Yeah, I forgot. You better make sure you pull up uh, a bye weeks for number twelve, so you don't take anyone on bye. You gonna write these down? Yeah, I got a piece of paper right here. All right, I think inside of the top twelve. Wait, hold on. Have, okay. As as okay. he's getting his pen ready. Oh, he's got a stack of papers. Oh no, it's a folder. I've got oh, okay. all my work stuff right here. So oh. yeah, go ahead. Oh, this is fun. Uh, CMC is going to finish inside the top 12. I think Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Zeke, Nick Chubb. I think Joe Mixon gets done against Vegas. I'm going to pause there. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You got seven. I like the list so far. This is where it gets tricky. Yeah, it is. Oh, man. Like, Saquon's back, but he gets Tampa Bay. Uh, David Montgomery is back. And everybody's wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. Doesn't Saquon get Tampa Bay this week? Yeah, we're, we're, this is what I'm, I'm calling it for this week. Oh, I thought you were calling it for week 12. No, 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 this week. Oh, yeah, okay. Sorry. Uh, yeah, so this is this week. Um. Oh, I just told everybody that AJ Dillon's going to finish inside the top 12. I better practice what I preach here. So AJ Dillon is in there. So that's, that's eight players. That's eight. Oh man, this is rough. Uh, Austin Eckler. I'm going to, I'm going to do it. I'm going to roll the dice. Even against Pittsburgh, I'm going to roll it. For- Dude, I love Eckler. I mean, I the guy, even, even if he gets 10 rushing cheer- yards. I'm- How do you cheer against him? Like that's well, dead, dead serious. I don't because I have him in several leagues. So yeah, I, yeah. I typically cheer for him, but. So is that nine? Did I name nine? Yeah, you got nine. We need three more. Oh my goodness gracious. Oh, I don't want James Conner. He's, he's a loser. I'm going <laughs> to. I'm going to keep him off my team. JD uh, my McKissick. Um... Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna pull out some real, some real names for you. Oh my gosh! Well, Cody thinks I'm gonna. No, 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 no. Um, Leonard Fournetti, Leonardo, oh. Leonardo Fournetti. All right, all right. I'm, I'm gonna go with Leonardo Fournetti. Um, oh, I, I like this one too. J- James Robinson. And now all I right, get, one more. Is that one more? One more. Yeah. Well, hold oh, on. Let me one, two. Here we go. Yeah, one more. I'm I'm gonna roll it. Uh, David Montgomery against Baltimore. All right, we got Cody's top twelve here. I'll read them off for you. So in half PPR scoring, if eight of these twelve finish inside the top twelve, I gotta buy Cody another case of spotted cow. Let's go. And, Come on. Uh, I just decided that Al's actually part of this bet too. So let's go. Let's, let's charge him later if we lose. Uh, so Cody's list is Christian McCaffrey, Delvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Najee Harris, Zeke, Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon, AJ Dillon, Austin Eckler, Leonard Fournette, James Robinson, and David Montgomery. Honestly, I don't know if I could come up with a better list than that. That's a pretty good list. I think yeah, you but it really leaves good- off it leaves off names like uh, Saquon Barkley and you know it's DeAndre Swift. It's so tough to choose top 12. It is, but all you need is eight, man. 
Yeah, I mean, you got true. a little bit of, I, I think, I think that's the perfect number eight out of 12. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's tough to pick. We'll have to, we'll have to, we'll have to try to play this game. We'll see how this works. And maybe, maybe we'll have to make this a regular thing with, uh, with Cody here. See, see if Cody can guess a different position every week. I like this. Yeah. I like I, it. I, I we'll like, do running backs this week. Maybe we'll do wide receivers next week. I'll, I'll, I'll take a picture of it and I'll, I'll keep track of it as the, as Sunday goes on and we'll, we'll have to see, I'll be in Wisconsin. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll know by Sunday night. I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to stay Sunday and watch the games and leave Monday. So maybe I'll know if I yes. have to pick up more beer, Cody. Yes. Uh, put little check marks in there and little X's where it's like, eh, got this one wrong or check mark. <laughs> ding. Yeah. <sighs> so, so we will, uh, we will get to revisit this next week and see how Cody did. Yes. And in fact, Monday night football, I think Tampa Bay plays Monday night football. If I stand oh, corrected, man. which Leonardo Fornetti is in there. So, so what if, what if you have seven going into Monday night football, oh, man, Cody's going to be cheering against his own fantasy teams for Fournette. He'll be playing <laughs> against him. And he'll be playing against him in his leagues that he needs to win. And he'll, he'll be, he'll be cheering for Fournette to get three touchdowns so he can get more beer. Hey, speaking of which, though, this could be really interesting, Nick. I, Pittsburgh plays against the Chargers on Sunday night. So Sunday night, I'm going to have two running backs with Eckler and Harris. And then Ooh. Monday night, I'll have Leonardo Fornetti instead of Saquon Barkley. How about that? Yeah, well, I think I agree with your Fournette pick over Barkley, though. I know okay. it's tough. I know it's tough, but Barkley coming off the injury, Fournette, ah. I like the Fournette pick. Honestly, when you said Fournette, I was kind of like, eh, really? But then it's like, yeah, against the Giants. Oh, gosh, yeah. Cody, that, that is going to be tough. Yeah. And um, speaking of which, we'll do a special uh, We'll do a special one of these. I think we'll all do it. Um, we'll all pick a category, and we'll try to guess the top 12. And we'll do it. To, you know, I'll do wide receivers. Al will do running backs. You can do quarterbacks or something. And we'll do that for week 12 because that will give us something to watch on Thanksgiving day. So on Thanksgiving day, we have in week 12, again, this is not this week. This is the following week, week 12. We have Chicago playing against Detroit for our Thanksgiving a morning game in the afternoon. We have Vegas playing against Dallas. And then the night game is Buffalo against new Orleans, which will be a fun game to watch as well. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That'd be fun. So I'm uh, I'm very excited to see how this turns out for you. Awesome. Even, well, even if it costs me. Even if it costs you. Well, that is it for our, uh, our segment here. We want to take one moment here to talk about trades. We're at the end of our trade deadlines here. We need some strategies, Nick. We've talked about this in the last two episodes. We hinted at it, what to do for trades. This is the time to win your leagues. This is the time... To, to have a pivotal momentum switch uh, change in your fantasy outlook. And we want to help be a part of that. So send us your trade questions before you hit that uh, accept button, smash accept, or you uh, even send a trade offer. You can always run it by us. Nick, why don't you talk a little bit about strategies? What are you looking to do at the trade deadline? So two things that I like to do each year are, I love to try to buy low on guys coming off injury. So guys like David Montgomery just coming back, but we all think he's going to have a good rest of the season. Guy like Jerry Judy, someone that you can maybe buy low from an owner that's sick of 
hang on to him on their roster um, and get a get a starting player for the rest of the year. The second thing I really like to do is I'll look at teams that maybe aren't very deep or that have had some injuries, but have like a, a star player, right? They have like a, a Zeke Elliott or, or Debo Samuel. Yeah. Debo Samuel or just a receiver, like a, a, a clear cut wide receiver one, like Advante Adams, someone like that. Right. And I'll try to package a couple of my, you know, wide receiver two, running back two guys like that. Cause usually my teams are pretty deep. Cody's teams are the same way because we follow the waiver wire. We're constantly adding guys, picking them up during drafts. We're taking guys that we really like in a lot of times those guys hit. So we'll, not to toot our own horn there, but it does happen. <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that humble it, break. It does happen. Um, I always end up with one of the deepest rosters because I, a lot of times, will follow the waiver wire, especially in like my school league. Where well, right, it's people, not it's not know. just about the draft, right? I mean, you, you yeah. play waivers hard in the first few yeah. weeks, and it, by week three, you, you have a deep team. Yeah, and so I'll try to package guys together you know, like a wide receiver two of mine and a running back two and get like a running back one or a wide receiver one from a team that might not be as deep and might think, oh, well, I'll, I'll replace my receiver with this, you know, lesser receiver, but I'll also get this second player that I can use as a flex, right? Well, but especially the if I, they're like, if they are having to start Miles Sanders or right. someone like that when they, they're back, I mean, they're going to want to start this player that you're giving them. Right. So I'll, I'll always look at teams that have either injury issues or just aren't deep because sometimes teams will be really top heavy. And so I'll just look to get that superstar that they have on their team. Cause every time I trade out, I, I try to get, especially in redraft leagues, dynasty is a little bit different, but in redraft leagues, I want to get the best player in the trade. So when I trade, I always try to package lesser players and get the best player in the trade. I think Cody's the same way because he's offered me plenty of those trades, even though he knows I'm not going to accept them. But one of these days, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. So anyway. I mean, here, here's the thing. To, to summarize what Nick is saying, I have a couple of uh, top takeaways from this. Number one is you always want to walk away with the best player in the trade. If you can. Correct. That's number one. Number two is you need to find a trade partner where it makes sense for both sides. You're not trying to uh, you know, screw over some other manager in your league or or make them feel like a lesser person because you're taking a bunch of their good players and giving them bad players. This is about finding someone where it makes sense. Nick just talked about some of the teams where it makes sense. They have a star receiver or a star running back, but they are really hurting with injury or they don't have depth. Give them someone like Eli Mitchell and um, I don't know, look at Dawson Knox, the way he's been playing. So Dawson Knox, Eli Mitchell, and maybe you have uh, Michael Pittman you know, package three of those guys and, and upgrade at the running back position. Try to, you know, if, if someone has uh, Najee Harris or uh, CMC or something on their roster, you could try to get one of those guys for those three players if it makes sense for the rest of your roster. So for those of our listeners out there who are going to be sending us some trade offers and trade ideas, make sure to provide context. We want to know what your rosters look like. Let us know you know, if you're making a trade like this in a package deal, we want to know what your receiver core looks like. We want to know what your running back room looks like. Um, tight ends, those types of things matter. And the, the format matters. So if you're in a standard league, half PPR, full PPR, um, 
bonus points. All of these things matter. So give us context and we will help you with these trades. Absolutely. And obviously we can tell you all our strategies, blah, 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 blah. But like Cody said, it, it all depends on how your league's set up, what your scoring system is, um, you know, what your roster composition is. And Cody actually made this point earlier. Look at strength of schedule for the rest of the year too. Look at if you're a, a playoff team, I mean, you, you probably have a good idea right now. Obviously there's some playoff races go down to the wire. They go down to the last week, but say you're in first place right now, start looking at what running backs have good schedules for week 15, 16, 17, what receivers have good schedules for, for those weeks. Cause those are the fantasy playoff weeks. And if you can go out and get a superstar player that has plus matchups in those weeks, and that could be huge for you, for your fantasy football playoffs. Yeah. Strength of schedule. We didn't talk a lot about like, what that looks like here for the end of the year um, for the bad uh, strength of schedules. And I'll just do the running back room for, uh, you know, I did some of the good ones. I talked about the Broncos talked about the bears. Uh, let's talk about some of real quick, just some of the nightmarish looking ones, new England Patriots get, uh, get the, the Colts, the bills, and then they get a good matchup against Jacksonville. So if you can somehow survive weeks 15 and 16 uh, without having to start someone like Damian Harris, you might have to. We'll see. But they're, they get a really tough end-of-the-year schedule. The Carolina Panthers, good thing that it doesn't matter for Christian McCaffrey. But they by far have the worst matchup uh, matchups at the end of the year. They have Buffalo, Tampa Bay, and New Orleans, all ranking 32, 25, 30th. Um, so some of the best on the, on the uh, year. And then Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you have someone like Leonardo Fornetti, you might be skeptical to start him uh, week 15 and 16, just because, you know, he has New Orleans and Carolina on there as well. And if you can get to week 17, he gets the Jets, baby. So um, that could be dangerous as well. So just let us know, ask us, we can tell you what the strength of schedule is. Um, and then one of my favorites, by the way, James Conner, who I don't think will finish inside the top 12 the, the rest of the season. Uh, he gets a really juicy matchup in the first week of playoffs against Detroit, but then in weeks 16 and 17 gets to play against Indy and then Dallas, who are both very good against the running back position. I think Connor's the guy, Cody, that uh, both of us would say, if you can package him with another piece and get a running back one or a receiver one, that would be great right now because maybe, maybe the other owner looks at Connor and goes, wow, look at the points he's been putting up, which is true. But like Cody mentioned earlier, touchdown regression is going to hit and James Conner is going to be, at, you know, at best a running back two and probably a low end running back two, to be completely honest with you. So if you can package a guy like James Conner with like a wide receiver two or a wide receiver three and get, a, you know, that stud. Top, yeah. Top 10 running back, you know, top five, top 10 running back, top five, top 10 receiver. Go do it. Yeah. Zeke Eckler. Um, any of those guys that you can try to grab inside that top six, eight in the running back position uh, at yeah. the running back position and, and get rid of a guy like James Connor, who you kind of see the writing on the wall. Look, we're not saying get rid of them, just get rid of them. We're telling you to use them to upgrade, you know, try to try to capitalize on the value that he has right now. He's been doing all this with, you know, the touchdowns while being uh, in a time split, a timeshare 
um, in, in this offense with Chase Edmonds. And now Edmonds is out. And you have every single script in your favor of how to talk through that trade if if someone's interested. Absolutely. And uh yeah, go do it right now. If you can get a guy, I love, I love targeting Zeke for the rest of the year, to be honest with you. Yeah, and if you think- don't, if you don't have one of those top tight ends, in fact, if you don't have Darren Waller and you don't have well, obviously, if you don't have one of those top tight ends that you heard today, and you're like, you know what, I think. I think I might be interested in going to get someone like Darren Waller. You can get him on the cheap. You can use a guy like James Conner and whatever tight end you have, and you never know what they're going to do. Go get, yeah, go get a guy like Kittle. I think Kittle's going to have a big rest of the season, to be honest with you. Yeah, and I think his price is going up just based on his last two performances, but I think 100%. Waller's still I think Waller's still very cheap, Nick, and I still think he turns it, it around. I do, too. I just I can't see why he wouldn't they have to throw to someone and I think he's their best pass catcher at this point. Yep. So, all right. Any last, last, uh, comments, final comments. No, I mean, like Cody said, please, please, please. Anytime you get a trade offer or have a question, or even if you just want to send us your roster, send us your roster, give us your scoring settings and your, and your, your starting lineup requirements. Yeah. And say, what should and, I do? And, and just say, what would you do here? And we can, we can send back, Hey, Maybe you could try to package these two and get a guy like Zeke or, you know, package this, this guy and this guy, you know, send that to us because the three of us will talk it over and we'll at least give you some kind of what, what we would do. Right. So send those to us. Uh, we, we love to talk about it. We love to talk them over. We love to talk trades. So any questions you get, make sure you send them in. Awesome. Well, thank you all for listening to another episode of the can you fantasy football podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook so you can message uh, message us on there. And that is C-A-N-U, Fantasy Football. Have a wonderful week 11. We wish you the best of luck. And let's go and make those trades before the end of this week, which many of you are in at the end of your trade deadline. Good luck, everybody.